as more of us return to in-person networking and even as we continue to network online, one of the things that we consistently struggle with is what do we say, particularly when somebody comes up to you or asks, what is it that you do? If you have a tailored message that really resonates with the people in the room and you have it memorized, you can then show up in front of a group, deliver your message with confidence, and be very succinct about it. It also helps you to focus on what other people in the room are sharing. That's my guest this week, Laura Templeton. She's a communications consultant and the founder of 30 Second Success. And it's not just the 30 Second Success that Laura speaks to when we're networking and, and how we kick off a conversation, but it's the importance of ditching the pitch, getting away from a sales mindset and really trying to make a connection with someone. They kind of figured out that the formula behind it is taking the sales conversation totally away and just learning more about the people that you want to do business with, really understanding what it is that they're struggling with, really understanding what it is that they bring to the table. What is their golden nugget that that you can then help them position. Laura not only shares her 30-second success formula, but also how you can use that both in person and online to make connection, build relationships, and ultimately grow your business. All that after the break. Welcome to the Personally Brandtastic podcast, where we help you build your personal brand and business so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. If you're looking for the REI branded podcast, you are actually in the right place. We recently renamed it, but the content is the same, helping you to build your brand and business, reach more people, and stand out from the competition. My name is Paul Kopkin, and every day I work with real estate investors, professionals, and business owners who want to stand out from the crowd and attract more of the right opportunities without feeling inauthentic or spending all day doing it. It's all about communicating how personally brandtastic you are. Because marketing is how to get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. Laura, welcome. Excited to have you on the show today because I think we all struggle with what do we say when we bump into somebody or pitch. And this is all getting stirred back up for us now because unlike our meeting today on Zoom, people are actually getting together and meeting in person. I actually went to my first networking, in-person networking event, like official one with the Chamber of Commerce just this week. And it was refreshing in a lot of ways, but I definitely got reminded of how rusty (laughs) even a personal branding person is when it comes to networking. Maybe that's a good place to start off. What are the important things that people need to kind of remind themselves or, or refresh themselves of? about networking and starting a conversation or introducing themselves? I think the biggest thing that we have to remember, and you know, a lot of people really during this time where we were all kind of stuck at home, a lot of people stepped into networking through a lot of virtual platforms. There's a lot of really great networking organizations that now have moved to the online platform. And what I teach really carries over to both. So in that in-person networking arena, 
it's all about connecting. It's right. not about, I, you know, I, I watch people and it's like, they're going in for the hard sell immediately when they're just in front of somebody that they've met for the first time. And it's like, okay, no, no, crash and burn, crash and burn. And I think part of it is that we have to remember it's about relationship. It's really about connecting with people, learning more about them. What do they need? What are they struggling with? Who do they know? And building those relationships is so critical. So when it comes to your 30-second message, it's really more about creating a message that's inviting people to have a deeper conversation with you. And that is one of the things that I teach all the time. Your message is really not a sales tool. It's really an invitation. It's a door opener to get people to want to know more about you and what you're doing and who you serve. How personal does that 30-second message need to be? Personal in a respect that it really needs to connect with the emotion, right? It really needs to drive people to want to know more. It's the emotional pain that you're identifying in your ideal client, right? It's what is it that you are solving? How are you a solution for your ideal client? has to be so inherent in your message that people go, oh, I know someone who might need your help. Let me find out a little bit more about that. And you make a good point. It isn't necessarily qualifying the person right in front of you. Maybe that's the mistake that a lot of people make is, are you my target audience? Yes. No, you're not. Goodbye. But it's more about, as you say, triggering in their mind that they think of somebody that they might be able to refer you to. Yeah. Well, our networks really are intended to connect us. It's really about connecting. And, you know, a lot networking has taken such a transitional, almost like an evolution where people are looking to figure out who can I connect you with? Who can I connect you with? We've become a community of connectors, right? When networking is done well, that's the purpose of it. It's really about connecting the people within the room with the people that you know, and the people that you serve. How often, how awesome is it that if you are working with a client who needs something that you don't necessarily have the skills to deliver or the bandwidth to deliver, like, okay, yeah, I could do this all day long, but not necessarily my zone of genius, but I know someone. So it's, we're always looking for opportunities to connect people and bring other like-minded individuals together that can serve one another. And I think that's the beauty of networking. It's really about community. And when people step into the ownership of, okay, it's not about me. It's who I bring with me to the table. It's my book of business. It's the people in my network. It's the people that I know. It's the people that I trust to take care of my network. And when you start to look at it from that perspective, there's such a flip in how you think of your network and how you network as a whole. When you can kind of flip the idea of like, okay, who do the people in my network need to meet? Who do I need to bring to these meetings? Who do I need to introduce to the people in my network that would help them in whatever it is they're looking for support? So somebody doesn't have that mentality or approach to connecting, it, does it go back to the people that go straight in for the sales pitch? Is that what they're doing? I, yeah, exactly. The turning people off, where it's like you're going in for the hard sell, you're going in for the pitch. There's, it's 
people want to know you first, like Bob Berg. And he coined the phrase, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And when you start to build that trust factor, it's a relationship. You know, a lot of people think, oh, I don't have time to build relationships. I am desperate for business. I need to make a sale now. Well, everything that we're reading these days, all the information that we're putting out there, all of the education that we're learning from a lot of these top performing sales gurus is that they kind of figured out that the formula behind it is taking the sales conversation totally away and just learning more about the people that you want to do business with, really understanding what it is that they're struggling with, really understanding what it is that they bring to the table, what is their golden nugget that you can then help them position well. There's opportunities to support people in a way that you're expanding their growth and they may never do business with you. But the fact that you're pouring into them, you're supporting them in the work that they're doing, and you're helping them elevate in a way by making introductions for them just changes how they view you. They view you as a resource that they can then like, okay, all right, you've helped us. How can we help you? When somebody says at a networking event, so what do you do? What's your solution to that? How can you confidently answer that? You've probably seen it. I'm sure people suddenly go into this long blurb about what they do and you think, oh, no, I didn't really want to know that. But We, go into, we call that word salad. <laughs> okay. I like it. When people just, oh, open door, I can like just start throwing up all over you verbally. And that word salad really kind of confuses people. It's all mixed up. It's your message is a mess. It just gets so confusing for people to experience when you're in that, you're like all of a sudden, oh, I've got a green light to tell them everything I did. Your message really needs to be very clear, very succinct. It needs to be memorable. And the reason why I say memorable is because you want your message to have such an impact on the people that you're standing in front of that they can repeat it. Oh, I know somebody that you need to talk to. I'm going to go tell them that you help people figure out what the heck to say when they're standing in front of people at a networking event. (laughs) Simple as that. You need to be memorable. So why muddy it up with a lot of words? Get really clear on the two things that matter the most when you're standing in front of a person. Who is it that you... Well, actually, three things. Who is it that you help? What's their problem? And how do you solve it? And do that in 30 seconds. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've taught people how to be really great storytellers in 30 seconds. Stories, stories stick, stories sell. The biggest thing is stories are memorable. Think about it. Before there was written history, there was story history. That's how our history was told from story to story. And when you think about it, being able to paint a picture with a story Like for me, I tell people all the time, I had this woman who used to hide in the bathroom every time it was time to do 30 second commercials because she was so petrified of standing in front of people because she didn't know what to say. And after a year of hiding in the bathroom, she finally came and sought my help. And after working with her, she was able to basically stomp her foot, share her message, and people started to applaud because they saw such a change in her ability to communicate effectively who she was in 30 seconds or less. Being able to tell it in a story and paint it in a story that 
really resonates with people. Like, oh yeah, I can see that. I've watched people do that. Where you ever had a networking event and realize somebody's missing? Like, where'd they go? <laughs> or you get the person that's so nervous, they just keep going on and on because they're afraid to miss something. And you just feel pain. They don't know when to stop and you just feel their pain mm. because now they've realized that they're just like saying stuff and don't know how to stop their mouth from running. <laughs> <laughs> Is there an e- easy way to try and stop that flow? Mm. Stop that flow, Is you know, because I think we're, as you rightly say, we're all going to feel that pain. I, I'm embarrassed for them. Yeah. And you want it to stop. Yes. It's <laughs> like, can I just like tap a bell or touch a the thing of it is, and that's what I tell people all the time, even in my book, in the work that I do, in the workshops that I do teach when I'm working with clients one-on-one, it's really understanding that your message needs to be clear, concise, and very succinct and practiced, right? Mm-hmm. If you're practicing what you're saying, I used to keep my 30-second message on the seat next to me. Now I teach this. So I would keep still keep my message on the seat in the car when I was driving to an event, read it at a stop sign. I would record it on my phone. I'd listen to it so that I was memorizing it. And a lot of people were like, oh, I don't want to have it memorized. It's going to be canned. I'm like, no, you can put your personality behind it. It's The whole idea behind memorizing it is that you then have a go-to message. Now your message can change periodically and you can kind of play with it if there's somebody in the room that's creative and you want to bounce off their ideas. But for the most part, if you have a tailored message that really resonates with the people in the room and you have it memorized, you can then show up in front of a group, deliver your message with confidence and be very succinct about it. It also helps you to focus on what other people in the room are sharing, right? Because now you can listen to what everybody else is sharing rather than sitting there going, oh my gosh, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? What am I going to say? Used to have a woman that would literally write down her 30 second message before she would get, as we were going around the room doing 30 second commercials in some of the networking groups where you have an opportunity to stand up and do your 30 seconds. And she would literally write it down and read it from a piece of paper. And every week it was different because she felt the need for it to be different. (laughs) And people would be like, okay, that did not make any sense because it was so rushed. So that's the same thing that happens when you do it in the moment. And there's a complete confusion then as well, isn't it? Because if I'm at a regular networking thing and I'm thinking, well, last week she said this, now this (laughs) week she said nothing. Wasn't it a month ago she said that? I can see. And you've answered that question that was in the back of my mind as you were explaining some of the things to think about is preparation, taking the time ahead of an event, be it online or offline, to really hone this in and practice it is key. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're somebody who delivers a public speaker and you deliver a speech or you're doing a presentation in front of an audience, like for work or something like that, same thing. You have to practice it. You can't just write it and deliver it in the same day because it doesn't have the same impact. Your personality, you have to bring your energy to it. It's that piece that really has to, number one, it needs to resonate with who you are. But it also has to resonate with your audience. There was somebody I met at the networking event I was at, and I said, Oh, you know, what brings you here? And he says, An hour and a half ago, my boss was meant to come, and now he couldn't make it. So he told me I was going. And he, and you could see, I mean, he was petrified, I think would be the best description. What about in that kind of situation where you are kind of thrown in or you have a 
big fear of public speaking. What are the kind of things that people could do if they haven't had that opportunity to prep? Yeah, and I think that's a really good question. I hadn't really thought about that much. A lot of times people are asked to step in for their employers. And I think it's the employer's responsibility to make sure that they educate people on what to expect, how to present, what do you want them to share about your company. It's one of the things that I do in my workforce marketing program is I teach companies, okay, let's identify what your message is. And then I let's teach your whole entire organization how to talk about your company. And that takes me back to my corporate days when I worked for RCA years and years ago. I'm not going to tell you how long. But one of the things that they did beautifully was they educated their entire organization on what the company was about, what projects we were working on, who was it that was, you know, if we had job openings, who was it that we needed to connect people with if somebody was interested in learning about a position within the organization or a project that we were, something we were developing that might be helpful to them in their work. So they educated us very well, very clearly on what the messaging was. And I think a lot of employers today haven't taken the time to really educate their teams, their employees, their whole workforce on how to talk about the company. So they're missing out on that whole, like an extension of your marketing, right? When you teach people how to talk about your company, think of all of these people that are going out there They're having family gatherings, they're going to lunch with their peers, they're sharing. And that's where I think it's really important that you, if number one, if you ask somebody to fill in for you, you need to let them know what they need to be talking about. Even if you just jot it down on a piece of paper, give them like four bullet points. I always tell people, what's the pain? How do you solve it? You know, your call to action and then your name. It's just, if you can follow that simple formula. Now, obviously in my book, I go a little bit deeper on how to do that, but that's the fundamental piece behind, okay, yeah, if I have to show up at a networking event, I have to remember to talk about these things. Mentioned call to action. Is it important to have goals around generally around your networking strategy? And there's a, the thing in the back of my head is a lot of people keep score on how big my network is and how I've got more followers than you. Yeah, you're shaking your, you're shaking your head, and I, I can, sorry, people I can't can, hear me shake my head. I'm sorry, <laughs> I can, I, but I completely understand why. But perhaps share with the listener why the number of followers isn't as important as. But I'm guessing that you're also going to say having a goal or two of knowing what you're trying to achieve, which you mm-hmm. underlined, is an important element of it. Though. When we talk about call to action is what do you want people to do, right? How do you want people to connect with you? So is whether it's a schedule a call with me today, visit my website, sign up for my program, sign up for my course, buy my book. What is it that you want people to do? So that's where the call to action comes in. Yes, goal-oriented call to action is very important. What are your goals? And one of the things I talk about a lot of times is understanding that introverts are really good at networking because they know, number one, why they're going there. Number two, who they want to connect with. And number three, what they're going to say. They're very well prepared ahead of time because they know that otherwise they could probably find themselves hiding in a corner if they did it. And somebody who like, like me, who has, I have a tendency that there's this word ambivert. I'm kind of go, I'm a kind of go between because I can like really have a lot of energy and engage with people, but sometimes that gets overwhelming for me and I have to pull myself back. So following the model of an introvert who is very well prepared and understands what they want to get out of this networking event is a beautiful testimony that so many people can understand that 
It's not about connecting with everybody in the room. Not everybody in the room is going to be your ideal client. Not everybody in the room knows your ideal client. So identifying who it is that you want to connect with is so important. Who do you want to collaborate with? Keeping score is not as important as making sure that you're making quality connection. Connecting with people you can pour into, connecting with people that can help you. That's the, I'm sorry, connecting with people that you can help is the goal, right? Yes, eventually it turns around. It's that go-giver mentality of give, and eventually it all comes back to you. And I love that there, I had somebody in my network years ago share with me the whole point of networking is giving. So you get, and then you continue to give some more. And when we take the mentality of what can I get out of this away and start to pour into people and say, how can I help you? How can I help you? What can I do for you? There's so much amazing transformation that happens in your business and in your network when you do that. People start to want to connect you with people. People want to help you. People want to share you with their audience. People want to share you with the people that they're working with. Prime example, I just had a great conversation with someone the other day who was struggling in her business. And I said, here's some of the things that I've learned, some of the things that people have shared with me that it's helping me. We've become really great friends. And she said to me, you know what? I need you to come and speak to my small group. And she goes, I nothing more. She said, I don't know what's going to come out of it. I don't know if you know what that will lead to for you, but I want to open up the door an opportunity for you to share what you've done for me with other people. Are you open to that? When those opportunities present themselves, it's just a beautiful testimony to the work that you're doing. And it does pay off. A lot of people think that, oh, it's going to take me forever to build these relationships. Yeah, you're probably right. But if you're in it for the long haul, if you're in business to stay in business and have a business that grows organically because of the connections that you're making, that's amazing because you're you're building a marketing arm that is worth, it's priceless. It's priceless. You can't pay people enough to be that kind of marketing arm for your company. What about the thought or the, the approach that some people have, which is give, ask? versus get. What are your thoughts on that? Are you a real estate investor or related business professional or owner looking to build your personal brand and business and stand out from the crowd? The first step is to understand where you stand right now. You can do that with the business optimizer assessment. It's something that we've created that's already helped real estate investors and other business owners to define and develop their personal brands and grow their revenues. Take the free assessment and complimentary report and follow-up strategy call by going to paulcopcut.com forward slash B-O-A. That's paulcopcut, C-O-P-C-U-T-T.com forward slash B-O-A. Now back to the show. Really interesting cons. I always wait for the opportunity for somebody to say, what can I do for you? Rather than me going and asking. So It's interesting that you said that because I was recently on a virtual networking meeting and it was kind of hard for me 
Because they said, okay, we're going to go around the room, tell us what you do, and then tell us, give, tell us what you're looking for. Give us an ask. And I was like, okay, I don't know what to ask for. Here I am. Like, like, okay, I have a great opportunity to ask people to buy my book, sign up for my workshop, whatever. And I like drew a blank because I'm it, I'm so used to having those organic conversations where somebody's like, how can I help you? What do you need? And after it's just, it was an interesting experience. So it, that mentality is not something that I personally subscribe to. So, it, but I think you should always know what your ask would be when the opportunity presents itself. That's a really good point to underline is know what you're going to ask for or ask. Okay. Because people do want to help you. So know what you want to ask for is important. Tell us a little bit more about your book or your 30 second success focuses on ditching the pitch versus. Mm-hmm. Because I I think we've all at some point been told you need to have an elevator pitch or an elevator speech or whatever you want to call it. And I think you answered it a little bit because you said about organic growth versus that manufactured, I guess, would be a better description. My tagline is ditch the pitch and start connecting. And that's also the name of my book. It's 30 Second Success, Ditch the Pitch and Start Connecting for a reason, because it's very intentional about building deeper connections. When we can connect on an emotional level, see a lot of people when they're creating a pitch, think it's a checkbox. I'm checking off all the things that I do. They're not thinking about the emotion behind it. See, Marketing 101 teaches us that when you can reach someone's emotions, people make decisions with their heart, not their mind. And when you can connect with the deeper emotion that people are feeling, the struggles that people are experiencing. What is it that your ideal client is passionate about overcoming so that they can move forward in their business? That's that emotional sweet spot that a lot of people miss when they're creating a pitch. Think about chart time. Everybody's, oh, here's all the thing. Here's all the things that we do. Here's all the science behind it. Here's all of our years of research. It's very canned. It's very methodical. It's There's a driven piece to it. Yes, there's the element of emotion and how you change the changes that people experience by the product, but there's so much information that goes into a pitch because you're trying to appeal to the analytical mind, you're trying to appeal to the emotional mind. But when you get down to it, if you watch commercials on television, you realize that it's the emotion, it's the hook, right? It's, you know, there's that, they kind of suck you in and get you to go, oh my gosh, I need this. I'm going to go buy it right now. It's the instant gratification When someone is struggling and they realize they have a problem and they need someone to fix it and you position yourself well in communicating, hey, I have a solution. People go, oh, I need to know more. She can fix my problem. That's the magic thing. Tell me more. Right. It's it's absolutely. It's about connecting with the emotional piece that drives people to make a decision and get them to want to know more so that they can have a deeper conversation with you. It's not in the networking event where decisions are made, where deals are made, where people decide that they're going to work with you. It's the the meeting after the meeting. It's the coffee dates. It's the virtual connections. It's the, all right, can you come to my office so we can sit down and explore together what it is that you said that I need to hear more about? 
What about using or utilizing the online networks like LinkedIn or Alignable? Where does that fit into the equation as far as mm-hmm. you're concerned? Social networking is a beast and I absolutely love it. It's one of those things that for the longest time I avoided because I want it to be everywhere. And I think when you really start to look at it again and go, okay, where are my people? Some of the best advice I got from a social media expert that I wish I had listened to long, a long time ago was the engagement side, really understanding the engagement side of having organic conversations with people on social media and spending time. Think of it as social networking, just like a networking event. You're showing up on social to network with people that you feel comfortable with, that you align with. And when you start to engage with those people and start to have conversations, other people start to find you. Other people start to reach. I recently had someone reach out to me about a conference that they want me to come and speak at because she saw something that I posted on another person's feed. And I was just like, I just added my thoughts there. And Again, it's like having a conversation, but in writing. Do you think LinkedIn and Alignable, there's the danger that because it's more business focused, that people feel that they have to be more transactional? Because over the last few years, you've seen LinkedIn become more and more social. And some people really fight against that. You see people say, oh, this belongs on Facebook instead of on LinkedIn. (laughs) I don't know if people are still saying that, but I mean, Mm. there's definitely a point of it. Is there the danger that because we think, oh, well, this is my professional network, then I can be more business-like or I don't want to show the more emotional side? Well, I think a lot of people, I think what I'm seeing on LinkedIn is a transition that we didn't see a few years ago, right? There's There are a lot more people opening up and sharing their personal experiences. Some people are going to be attracted to that. Some are not. Again, it's who's your audience? Who are you speaking to? Who are you trying to connect with? Understanding how people that you want to relate to, people that you want to connect with are receiving your information. What kind of information are they looking for? Yes, you have a lot of people that are very staunch business that are like, okay, personal information, TMI does not belong here the whole political thing. I just noticed the other day, it was really interesting. I noticed the other day that I could actually choose whether or not political stuff shows up in my feed, which is a nice feature. I think sometimes some of that gets a little bit overwhelming. And if I want to see that, I'm going to go to Twitter. Right. So it's interesting how the different platforms really... Alignable is an interesting platform as well. And I think the two are very different. And yet they're kind of similar. Alignable, I see, is more of a marriage between Facebook and LinkedIn. And I think there's a little bit more relaxed growth there that's happening within some of the groups. I see a lot more activity happening in groups. I don't spend a whole lot of time on Alignable. I wish I did. But I've chosen to really kind of hang my hat in LinkedIn. And I'm really enjoying the engagement that I'm experiencing in the LinkedIn platform. And is that mostly on LinkedIn? Is that mostly in the feed? Because groups on LinkedIn <laughs> lost the plot on that one. I yeah. think they missed, they completely missed. Yeah. And I think what the thing that I find interestingly enough is in the feeds, the engagement, making sure that I check my notifications when people are interacting and staying on top of that. 
beautifully enough, I'm enjoying some of the newsletters that I'm subscribing to in LinkedIn. And I think there's great opportunity there when you're invited to be in that creator mode and to have a newsletter and to be able to do like LinkedIn lives and things like that, which I just recently got invited to. So that was fun. So now I'm figuring that one out. But I truly believe there's just different opportunity on LinkedIn. And again, it goes back to the engagement. It goes back to commenting and sharing and following the people that really speak to you and making sure that you're engaging with them and thanking them for what they're putting out there by sharing their stuff. And I think there's just such beauty in those organic conversations that happen in a feed. Like, don't just like, don't just like, comment, share your thoughts. People want to hear your thoughts. And I think that's what makes you stand out. I don't know if you've noticed this on my LinkedIn. One of the things, and this is a branding, kind of one of those little branding things that I've, I like, I love to have fun with is I, every post that I put, anytime I comment on something, I always put three little hearts, my branding colors my, for my company, you know, orange, green, and blue. And that makes my comments stand out. Somebody just recently commented about that. They're like, oh my gosh, it's brilliant that you use those three little hearts in every comment that you make. And it's like, it just stands out. So that's part of the whole brand. We could get go down that whole rabbit hole of branding when it comes to like 30 second success. And your message, your message is the pivot point for your brand, right? Your message needs to be so solid. It's that visionary message that everything else revolves around. And when you start to look at your message as the, that core, that core foundational piece that all of your content and all of your messaging and all of the work that you do, is defined around, your message gets really clear. You start to really think about, oh, wait, does this align with my content? Does this align with what I'm sharing with people? Does this align with the things that I'm creating? Does this align with the people that I want to connect with? Does this align with who I am? Your message is that that pivotal point that needs to be woven into everything you do. And I think a lot of people miss the mark on that. They don't realize that's where that clarity piece comes in and really kind of defines a lot of the work that you're doing and helps people really see it for what it is. And so from a branding perspective, do you recommend people use their 30-second message on things like a bio, brief description about themselves, the about part? Yeah, and that's the fun part that you can. And I've had actually, I've had clients use it on marketing material. I've had them use it in their bios. I've had them use it as kind of like the jumping off point for their about page. It carries through everywhere. It's, and it resonates, right? It resonates through all of your bios and all of your website content. It's that message that people really look to and go, okay, this is who she is. I know what she is. I know what she does. I I see it. I see it like consistently through everything that you do. And sometimes it's so funny because I was, playing with my about page the other day. And it's like, oh, okay, if I make changes here, I've got to go everywhere else and make the same changes or similar changes. And it's so it's fun to play with and just can and over time our businesses, just like our businesses evolve, our message needs to evolve with it. We go deeper. We start to do bigger things. We start to put more out there. And 
when we start to make those subtle shifts and those evolutions in our business, we have to make sure that we revisit our vision and our mission to make sure we're still in alignment and the message has to be in alignment with all of that. I love your branding tip with the hearts. I think that's genius. It's like a a hashtag almost seems self-serving, whereas something like that is very personally branded. It's just a subtle, but very, again, clarity, distinct, makes you stand out, makes you memorable, which is what when we started the conversation, that's what you kicked in with is we need to be remembered so that when people are ready to refer, oh yeah, she's the lady that puts the three hearts on them. Okay. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's so funny because branding, there's so much more to branding than just a logo. There's your message. There's your colors there. You got your whole branding scheme. You've got your website as part of your brand. There's so much to your brand. One of the things that I did very early on in my career is I started wearing my company colors to every event that I go to. People, the, I wear my company colors on stage. I wear, my, I have a orangish, reddish suit with a blue shirt. My company colors are orange, green, and blue. I have, uh, that, I, like today, I have the orange and blue blazer on. Sometimes I wear a green. All my photos are branded. And the reason why I bring that up is that was another thing that somebody said to me. One of my photos was a peach color blazer. And she said, I can zip through my newsfeed. And every time I see that peach blazer, I know it's you. I was like, okay, brilliant. She goes, keep wearing that peach. I'll know where to find you. I'm like, yeah, I use that. I used that picture for years. And now it's just, it's that subtle reminder. Oh yeah, Brenda told me. <laughs> I need to make sure I have my picture, the right color picture. Do you have a favorite personal brand yourself? I do. I think that my very favorite personal brand is Land's End. Yeah. When I... Think about it. It's like the Land's End does such a beautiful job of everything is detailed, even all their products. When you think about like a a personal brand that it just speaks to my heart, it's there. It speaks quality. It speaks service, customer service. They're, I'm really impressed by the company and have, and I've worn their clothing for years. So I know it holds up. It really does. And what about favorite business book or podcast? Favorite business book would most likely be The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Yep. Love I know, his. And uh, I love I, his messages are amazing. I just, he just puts really great stuff out there. Yeah, I read The Compound Effect maybe almost every year, I would think. It's just, just as a kind of reminder because it's, it's simple and yet it's classic. It's like in many of the things that we do, isn't it? It's not rocket science. Just keep doing the basics. Yes. Like, yeah. It's the whole... The methodology behind it is just so brilliant. And yet it's so timeless. It's mm-hmm. one of those books. And you're right. I read it multiple times. I've read it like four or five times now. And it's just every time I pick it up and reread it, I'm like, oh yeah, I got to do that. Or, <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. So you, you just feel like you learned something or it's deeper. Like there's deeper meaning behind it sometimes when I've read it. And yeah, that's one of my favorites. That's my all-time favorite. I think it's very dog-eared at this point, but I refuse to buy another one. <laughs> I know what you mean. We all get distracted by the latest, greatest shiny object. Do you have a favorite tool that uh, you're using, enjoying using right now? Otter. I have to say, uh, you know, there's, I'm actually got, it was recently turned on to something called Repurpose IO, which is for a repurposing tool for video. So I'm playing with that. But my favorite tool is Otter. Otter is that transcription, uh, voice-to-text transcription. It has artificial intelligence built into it. It's extremely accurate in its transcription. 
I can use it when I'm walking the dog. I can use it when I'm riding my bike. I record a lot of my thoughts and ideas very early in the morning when, you know, just stuff's going on and it's, I got to get it out there and I can't write fast enough because my brain has already gone to the next level. And uh, it's just one of those tools that I love to use. I'm going to check that out. I haven't yeah. heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, otter.ai and they have a free subscription, which is nice. So it's really good. Free is always a good price. Free is great, <laughs> right? Free, yay. Yeah. And do you have a, do you have a favorite quote? Favorite quote is again, my Darren Hardy. It is, and I have it hanging on my wall. So I'm going to read it to you. You alone are responsible for what you don't do or how you respond to what's done to you. And that speaks to me in so many levels because I feel like it just reminds me that I am a hundred percent in control of the choices that I make. Very good. Very wise words. I love that. How can people get hold of you, find out more about you, get a copy of your book? Where can you point people to? Yeah. So the easiest way to find me is at 30secondsuccess.com. I'm also branded 30 Second Success on all of my social media, on YouTube, lots of videos on YouTube, amazon.com. If you go to Amazon and just put in 30 Second Success, my book is there. As a matter of fact, they have the Kindle version on sale right now. So wonderful. Okay. That's great. We'll make sure that's all in the show notes. And thank you, Laura. It's been enlightening. And I I think you've given people some great ideas and tips on uh, as we get back into that networking round tables and all those kind of opportunities again and uh, get excited about it we can use some of those to have a more effective and successful uh, networking yeah just remember networking is all about building relationships thank you for having me paul i really appreciate you inviting me on your show you're welcome have a fantastic day thanks thank you well was that fantastic did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business So get to it. And if you're wondering where your real estate investing brand currently stands and some steps to make it more brandtastic, you can download our free REI brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist. That's reibranded.com forward slash checklist. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.